Welcome to the PJ Pod, brought to you by the Pharmaceutical Journal, the Royal Pharmaceutical Society's official journal. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I have, uh, David Lorber and Cather, I have no financial interest to declare, but I got half a dozen deeply personal ones in that I call for this inquiry uh, since I'm, I'm a dissatisfied customer of a major home care supplier and I believe the problem was widespread. I'm a customer of three home care suppliers supplying three different medications, mainly for my MS. I complained very strongly about one supplier, about their failure to deliver on time. I wrote to the then Secretary of State for Health calling for him to remove all contracts from that provider. And in that letter, I was also critical of the role of the Care Quality Commission. And finally, on behalf of the um, British Society for Rheumatology, I laid a written parliamentary question to the Lords asking who in government had responsibility uh, for enforcing performance with suppliers. So I'm not an impartial observer on this, and I have to put that on the record. Now, can I ask you? That was Lord Blencathra speaking in June this year at the opening of an inquiry into home care medicine services. The inquiry, led by the House of Lords Public Services Committee, was launched following growing concerns about the providers of home care medicine services and the safety risks that they're presenting to patients. The resulting report, which was released on 16th November, is hard-hitting. It says that the current regulatory model is failing to ensure the safety and quality of patient care, adding that there's a complete lack of ownership of key aspects of the home care sector, with no one person or organization willing to take responsibility for driving improvements. I'm Carolyn Wickware, Executive Editor of the Pharmaceutical Journal, and in this Spotlight episode, I'm joined by our Senior Features Editor, Don Connolly, and freelance journalist, Alison Moore, who've been investigating how widespread the problems are, why they're happening, and what needs to change. Hi, Don. Hi, Alison. Hi there. Hello. So we heard from Lord Blencathra there saying that he called for an inquiry into home care services because he's a dissatisfied customer, which sounds like a disproportionate response for one person's grievance. Yeah, it does, but he's not alone, I can assure you. An investigation published by The Guardian in April this year revealed significant concerns from patients, clinicians and health groups about the UK's largest home care provider, Sciences. They reported that patients with serious health conditions were being failed by this provider. Medicines weren't being delivered on time or not at all in some cases, and it was making patients sicker. This triggered a cascade of actions from regulators and ultimately it led to the inquiry by the House of Lords Public Services Committee. Clearly the provider was failing, but is the problem just with this one company? Well, that's the question that I asked our freelancer, Alison, to answer in her investigation for the PJ, which we published earlier this month. Yes, you did. So, Alison, what did you find out? Well, Sciences isn't the only home care provider facing patient safety concerns. As you mentioned, it's the largest the home care provider in the UK, so it follows that it's likely to experience the highest number of problems. But from the data we've received, it seems to be responsible for a disproportionate number of patient safety incidents. I sent out 131 Freedom of Information Act requests to hospital trusts in England in August, asking for the number of patient safety incidents they recorded during their most recent monthly reporting period. We got data from 32 trusts, which recorded 417 patient safety incidents in total, and two-thirds of those incidents related to services provided by Sciences, despite the fact that they only provide home care medicines to less than half of the patients covered in the data. 
That was quite a task, wasn't it, Alison? Sorting out, sifting through all the sort of different formats of data that that you got back from some of those trusts. It certainly was, yes. And many trusts either didn't respond or couldn't give us the data we, we required. So it was a matter of trying to, to work through and find as much usable data as possible. How many patients were included in that data? Almost 100,000, which is nearly a fifth of all home care patients in the UK. To give you an idea of the scale of the issue with Seansus, HealthNet Home Care, another provider, was the second most commonly used provider among the trusts that sent us data. They cover 22% of this patient group, but only account for 2% of the patient safety incidents. Wow, okay. What would be considered a patient safety incident? Well, according to the National Reporting and Learning Service, it's any event that led to actual harm to a patient or had the potential to harm a patient. So are those patient safety incidents because deliveries don't turn up? We don't have information on the reasons behind these incidents, but we did ask separately about the numbers of late and failed deliveries. What's the difference between late and failed deliveries? A failed delivery is one that didn't arrive on the planned day, whereas a late delivery is when the medicine arrived on the right day, but not at the right time. 34 trusts told us they used Seansus to provide home care and were able to provide data on failed deliveries. On average, they said that 8% of Seansus deliveries failed. Looking at late deliveries, HealthNet Home Care had the highest average rate of late deliveries, so Hospital Trust told us that an average of 16% of HealthNet Home Care deliveries arrived late. But there's a bit of a caveat with that, because when we spoke to the company, they said that they were very assiduous about uh, reporting uh, deliveries as late, and in fact many of those reported as late actually arrived early, um, which may sound slightly confusing, but I think the point that they were making there was that they weren't massively missing the delivery envelope for people and they weren't significantly inconveniencing patients. Thank you for clarifying that. That's a really good point, Alison. But regardless, Dawn, that sounds really stressful and dangerous for patients. What kind of medicines are they waiting at home for? Yeah, I think it would be. These medicines are typically very specialised and complex to administer. So it could be cancer therapies, home parental nutrition, immunosuppressants, intravenous antibiotics. And a delay in starting these treatments can have a really negative impact on people's health. For example, the inquiry heard that when anti-tumor necrosis factor therapies are prescribed for inflammatory bowel disease, they work better the sooner they're taken after diagnosis. So there's no time to waste in delivering these medicines to patients. Also, if there's a gap in treatment because of delivery failures, these patients can develop antibodies that make the treatment less effective when it's restarted. What was really emphasised to the Lord's Inquiry Committee was the level of unnecessary suffering that's taking place because these services are failing. And back to Alison, what did you find out about why these services are failing? There are several reasons. As more medicines become available for patients with cancer, for example, demand for home care medicine services is increasing and home care providers are struggling to keep up. On top of this, the whole system is fractured and overly complex. The inquiry heard that even people working at senior levels struggle to understand the system. There's a lack of transparency about how providers are performing and a lack of ownership when it comes to driving improvements. Dawn, who is supposed to be holding these providers accountable? That's a good question, Carolyn. It's more than a little complicated. On a day-to-day basis, chief pharmacists are responsible for the home care services provided by their trusts and performance is measured against 27 key performance indicators that have been set nationally. 
all hospitals should get reports on these KPIs each month. In terms of regulation, different aspects of home care services are monitored by different regulators. So the General Pharmaceutical Council will regulate the pharmaceutical services that these providers deliver, but the MHRA regulates the drug manufacturing and licensing aspect of the service. And then there's the Care Quality Commission, which regulates nursing elements of the service provision. Wow. Okay. That does sound very complicated. Um, Alison, what do we know about how home care providers are performing against these KPIs? That we don't know. Providers' performance isn't published nationally. In fact, when we ask for data on the proportion of late and failed delivery, a key aspect of the key performance indicators, 37 trusts told us they couldn't provide that information because they either didn't have it, it wasn't easily accessible, or it'd take too long to collate. But even if we did have this information, home care providers don't have a target for the number of KPIs they need to meet, so there's still no official way of distinguishing what's a a good home care provider from one that might be said to be failing, except in extreme cases where patient safety is at risk. Which is too late. Yes, NHS England has recognised now that this is an issue and says it's carrying out what it describes as a desktop exercise to understand how governance and accountability work in the home care sector. What's a desktop exercise? As far as I understand, it's a paper-based exercise in discussion with relevant stakeholders to try and understand the different arrangements in place as individual trusts are managing a whole range of contracts. This desktop exercise was supposed to be completed by the autumn. I've asked NHS England for more information, but they haven't yet responded. Don, what about the House of Lords Committee? What has it recommended as a result of its inquiry? Yeah, the committee has made a lot of recommendations. I think most importantly, it says that NHS England should appoint a senior named person who should be given sufficient powers and resources to take responsibility for home care medicine services. Responsibilities should include setting clear national KPIs, collecting these data and publishing it to allow public scrutiny, as well as holding relevant bodies, including providers, chief pharmacists and pharmacy teams to account. The committee is also asking the health secretary to identify a lead regulator with the skills and expertise to take action against providers that are underperforming. It says that the current regulators are weak and take a hands-off approach. Did it say anything specifically about uh, trust chief pharmacist roles? Yeah, it did. The committee wants chief pharmacists to have more power and resources to ensure high quality home care medicine services in their areas. It says that this should include the powers and responsibility to develop alternative backup provision to deliver home care medicine services, such as through local community pharmacies. So this inquiry is just finished. Can we expect a tangible solution anytime soon? Yeah, I hope so. NHS England has said that it's already taken steps towards appointing someone with overall responsibility for home care services. In the short term, the committee wants the Department of Health and Social Care to make a ministerial statement by December 2023 and another statement three months later to report on progress. And in the long term, the committee is calling for a full scale independent review to start no later than April 2024. And it wants that to find answers to what it calls the more embedded structural problems within the system like procurement, competition, enforcement powers and resources. Well, they clearly have their work cut out for them, but it does sound like there may be some progress towards making sure home care patients are being looked after properly. Yes, I hope so. I think chief pharmacists may be key to this. I think they probably need a bit more power and they certainly need more information about what's happening to the patients who are 
ultimately their responsibility. I think many of them will probably be struggling to um, get the information they need at the moment and to ensure that those patients get the best care possible. Hopefully there will be changes. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's going to be a really good start when they get um, these national KPIs published so that everyone can see um, how home care providers are performing against these key indicators. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Alison and Dawn, for your investigation into this. As ever, if any of our listeners want to get in touch on social media, use the hashtag PJPod or email us at editor at pharmaceutical-journal.com. We're always happy to hear any of your ideas for the podcast. This Spotlight episode is part of the November digital issue, which can be found on our homepage, pharmaceutical-journal.com. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you.